Hi everyone, we are back with another episode of our podcast allowing you to get to know people working behind the scenes of the crypto industry. Today we are joined once again by Tom making his second appearance on the show. Being a star researcher at 21.co, he dives into his four favorite Dune Analytics dashboards. If you are a data geek, this is the episode for you. Welcome to the 105th episode of the Inside Crypto Podcast. This episode was recorded on October 6th, 2022. Today we dive into what's been going on with 3AC, the NFT landscape and stablecoins. Don't forget to check out the links to Tom's dashboards in the show notes below. I would like to thank my employer, Amun Tokens, for making podcasts like this happen. Please don't forget to check us out and our products at tokens.amun.com. Thanks everyone for listening and don't forget to tune in next week where we interview someone else in the cryptocurrency universe. Hey everyone, wherever you are, we are here with the latest episode of the Inside Crypto Show, interviews and discussions with regular people just like yourselves. Today we are joined by Tom, one of our star researchers here at 21.co. If you missed his previous episode, please go check it out. The link will be above you right now. Today we are diving into four of his favorite dashboards on Dune Analytics. If you've never heard of Dune, Tom's going to explain what Dune is, what on-chain analysis is just now. So just hold on for a bit. We have to give the usual disclaimer, anything said by either Tom or myself does not constitute financial advice. Our opinions are our own and not to be connected with our employer, 21 shares or Moon or 21 Co. Please do your own research. Because we've had Tom on the show before, we, we don't need to do the usual intro stuff. We won't spend too much time talking about his background. But Tom, how are you? How's life in Cryptoland? What's going on? What's up? Thanks, Grant, for having me back. And this week has been great, right? We are seeing some green candles this week, like after a few months of bear market, right? It's, it's bouncing back. So it's a good week, right? I've got my fingers crossed as well. Since the bear market came, like I've done the usual crypto thing where I used to check my phone every day, five, six times a day. And now I check it like once a day, maybe twice uh, every three days. Right. So I'm waiting for that excitement in the bear market to kick in. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. We have a really cool topic too. And it sounds complicated. Let me tell folks, it is not. Tom is like the perfect person to explain this to us. So hold on. It's something very useful. I wish I had Tom's level of knowledge. So whatever crypto person you are, I would definitely hold on and listen and try to understand. As always, if you have questions, you can tweet at us, twitter.com slash 21shares, twitter.com slash 21co, I believe is the handle, or twitter.com slash ask. We'll be happy to answer them. I can forward them to Tom as well. You can send me questions. Before we get started on the dashboards, you've made a very good point explaining to folks what is on-chain analysis, what is Dune Analytics doing, why is it so interesting, and just looking at the dashboards yesterday, the last few days, there are some interesting things that I'd like to ask, but tell us about all of this. So I think like previously a little bit about my background is because back when I was studying in university, I was having a data analytical background and therefore I've learned a little bit on SQL. This platform is really familiar to me in terms of the programming language. So Dune, a little bit back with Dune, right? Why I am really fascinated about on-chain analysis in general is because in comparison to the traditional finance or in the traditional world, right? A lot of the data isn't really transparent to everyone. So if you are an investor in the equity market or bond market, a lot of the data, you can't really access it, be it you are a retail investor or if you work in an investment bank, you will get access to Bloomberg Terminal where you probably will have an information edge against like the retail investors. 
But in the crypto space, what I like most here is everything is transparent. Everyone can get access to the data to analyze it and to understand what is happening in the blockchain space, right? However, we always encounter a really difficult problem, which is when you go to like Block Explorer, like Ether scan or different like BSC scan, uh, like Snowtrace for Avalanche, I found it really hard for layman people or for like normal folks to understand what is happening in the blockchain, right? From time to time, you can understand like the transaction, whether it, it does it go through, but it stops there, right? You can't do like deeper analysis. And where, if you want to de do deeper analysis, here is where Dune comes in. So I also prepare like a crypto data Slack I recently saw on Twitter, I think it's really cool. So you have data apps here. So where you, we usually check day to day with the price changes, we can see CoinGecko, CoinMarketCap, which we can check like the price changes, the, the volume of the token in each centralized exchanges. And then you can do deeper with Glassnode or Nansen with like more on-chain analysis stuff. And Dune, Flipside Crypto and Footprint Analytics. Why they're sitting here is because it allows you to do more flexibility of the analysis because you can do your customized coding with SQL, which I mentioned earlier, to dive really deep into a topic that you really want to explore. This is why I really like to use Dune is because like, even though we are like platform agnostic, we use like a lot of the different applications here, but then Dune is truly an amazing uh, platform where a lot of the industry leader also use Dune to do a lot of like different on-chain analysis. And another thing I really like about Dune is they have a strong community where the Dune Wizards, which is like data analysts in the Dune Analytics community, they're really friendly. They're really willing to help out each other. So if you have a question, if you want to become like a data analyst in the Web3 space, definitely join the Dune Analytics Discord and you can raise questions there and everyone will be willing to help you out. And every Friday, I think, they also host like the Dune Arcana to teach you about a specific topic. Previously, they talked about like Bandao and the, and the merch, they ex explore the coding with you, explore the topic with you in depth to, to analyze the topic in terms of the data. We can see every on-chain data with the dashboard that the Dune Analytics team has built. So I think this is truly an amazing platform where everyone can communicate and explore and learn from each other because all the data is public, it's not private. We can explore like the dashboard, like each widget or each data analyst has built. So, this is a really amazing platform. It is. It definitely sounds like that as well. And it's just like for myself, let me tell people, like emphasize what Tom has said, like going through Eth Explorer or Sol scan and clicking transactions, like it takes time to gain some sort of understanding about what is going on. And sometimes as a regular crypto person, you don't have time. And then that is where Dune steps in because there are all these dashboards which you're looking if you're watching the youtube video you can see them right now that tom has built and it's explained very well and there are lots of levels of data that you can take from these dashboards that from a very simple level to the very complicated level as much as you have time for which is some like the beautiful thing about you and so tom what is the first dashboard we are going to look at before we get started i also want to share why we want to build dashboards on doing right sure so like our research team like we have a goal like we can see like all our team members here. And then like our goal is to bring 
like easier access to normal folks or be it like Web3 or our clients or like normal folks that haven't get into the Web3 space yet to allow them to easier to navigate with the blockchain because not everyone knows how to do on-chain analysis. Not everyone understands what is happening in the blockchain. Right? So we open up like all the knowledge, all the research that we are doing and share it to them. So as to like, we hope to foster everyone's like to educate the public deeper understanding on what is happening in the crypto space. And sometimes we can also clarify some of the misunderstanding in the space as well. So this is also our mission and vision to help everyone with our free research to help the public to understand what's happening in the blockchain space as well. Sounds good. And yeah. makes sense. And let's get started. So our th first dashboard I want to share is the three AC NFTs and crypto holdings dashboard. So this is one of the first dashboards that got a lot of attention is because like back in June, and you definitely also remember it's a really tremendous crypto event back then, right? Free AC was one of the largest crypto VC in the crypto space, right? They have a lot of different projects invested in them. Like Free AC have different like big names projects such as Terra, Avalanche, and different projects that are really promising. However, like what we are seeing is that Free AC eventually got liquidated right now. And previously we are seeing on-chain data that they are doing a lot of leverage trading. They basically, they stick their Ethereum for stake Ethereum and put it on planning protocol and further leverage the position. And eventually during the time, like where the bear market really starts it, a lot of the token got liquidated because the stake ETH is not exactly same in value with the Ethereum token, because like back then you can't redeem your stake Ethereum with Ethereum back then. And therefore, when the stake Ethereum started to deviate from the one to one dollar mark, it started to make the position starting to unwind. And 3AC got liquidated a lot on chain. And therefore, we believe that 3AC is one of the largest crypto fees in the uh, crypto space. And their holdings, if they got liquidated, would definitely affect a lot of the liquidity in the market. And therefore, we want to analyze what actual token are they holding? And we even realized they also hold a lot of different blue chip NFTs as well. So in here, we can analyze the um, current portfolio value, the largest holding and the value of the largest holding. And we are also tracking the latest transactions. So recently they also made some move on chain, like sending ETH to different addresses and stuff like that. And previously we are also been able to track they have an unwinding position during June, like they are trying to repay the loan so as to not get liquidated that much. So this is the powerful of on-chain analysis where you can actually track real-time data on the blockchain. And Dune actually provides you with a better representation or presentation so that you don't need to go to the raw data on the blockchain explorer to navigate it on your own. And we are also seeing the NFT holdings. Everyone is really interested on of what NFTs they are holding. So currently in the wallets that we are tracking, they are holding Artblocks curated, CryptoPunks, Autoglyce. These are really expensive NFTs. So we also got the estimated value here. So how is the estimated value calculated? So we got the sum of the last sale price. So basically it's the cost of how 3AC acquired these NFTs and the average price 
the selling price of the NFT collection. And then we average them out to get the estimated value. And then we found out like an art blocks curator is the most valuable collection of the NFTs that 3AC is holding right now, because they also have 240 art blocks curated NFTs in their wallet right now. But what is interesting recently, it just happened yesterday actually, we realize 3AC is actually moving their NFTs away from the initial wallets that we are tracking to a new multi-sig wallet. So we are also able to track that with our dashboards. So you can see it here. We're tracking in real time the activity of those address uh, being tagged as 3AC. What are the activities there? What they are doing on chain? So we have seen that they are sending a lot of different NFTs to this address, which is a multi-sig address here. We also put a URL here. So if you are interested, you can just click here and then it will go to the Etherscan. Ether You'll be able to see the safe multi-set here and what NFTs they are currently holding. But like a better presentation here, you can just refer to the dashboard here because we're able to visualize everything for you. What FreeAC has sent to this multi-set wallet is really like blue chip NFTs as well. We're seeing Board A Judge Club, Mutinate Judge Club, uh, some different rap penguins, which is like uh, a rap version of the Pudgy Penguins. There are 46 of them, which is really a huge number for that uh, Pudgy Penguins collection. And we're seeing they have moved quite a significant amount of NFTs to this multi-sig wallet. So as of right now, we didn't see any news regarding this movement from about these NFTs to the multi-sig wallet. It could be one of the case, like this multi-sig wallet still belongs to 3AC. And another case is like another possibility is that right now, Free AC is getting liquidated, mandatory liquidation by the court. So it could be a liquidator address as well, but we can't be 100% is it still under 3AC or is it under liquidator right now? So we keep the tracking separate here. So as to give the readers or give the analysts a really clear overview what is happening here. So this is basically the dashboard. Oh, cool. And it's so interesting. And Having you explained it, it makes a lot of sense. Tom, for our viewers and listeners, what is a multi-sig wallet? So for a normal wallet, like a MetaMask wallet, like you are the only one who signed the transaction. But for the corporations, for example, like a FTX treasury wallet, right? You can't just allocate the private key to, for example, like SPF, right? Like people want it to be allocated the private key to different persons so that, for example, if one of the person wants to take all the money away, he can't be able to that, do that, right? It has to be like several person who verify the transaction so as to ensure that there are several gatekeepers. So to ensure that one person is not controlling all the treasury money. So it's basically a really good wallet, like a, an extension of the wallet. So initially we're using like a single signature wallet, but then for corporation or for project teams, they usually do a multi-sig wallet so that the money won't be controlled by a single person. Thanks for the explanation. Another thing I wanted to ask is like you mentioned towards the end, talking about this dashboard is with this multi-sig wallet, it could potentially be a wallet held by the court as they are liquidating 3AC's assets to pay back their debtors or creditors. And could it also be the other case that this is 3AC transferring this to a multi-sig wallet so yep. that no one can say, hey, 
give us our money now or but they say oh i can give you my money because i'm just one person of the multi-sig right yeah yeah that should exactly be the possibility as well so we can't be a hundred percent sure which one is the correct case right now but then everything is possible right now but we are still tracking it here because this multi-sig wallet has been created i think is a new multi-sig wallet just created last month okay and so like in this dashboard like especially this dashboard particularly there are two narratives right there is the legal narrative right and there's also the maybe illegal narrative that you could be following like sending eth to different wallets moving yep. nfts to a multi-sig it could be this way or it could be that way it's up to analysts and dune wizards like yourself to sort through the data and tell us the story yep yep like we just provide the data in a, in a presented way but then everyone can have their own narrative or their or, or their own analysis so we just provide the information here and then we also have the, our own analysis so right now we're just like helping the community because i always think that the crypto community is helping each other out and even these addresses also like we didn't tag it by our own it's gathered by the crypto community so everyone is helping each other out so as to figure the whole puzzle together i think it's a really cool thing about the crypto space as well yeah, definitely and I, I totally agree Okay, I'm real excited for the next dashboard. Tell us what is next. So the next dashboard is about NFTs. One of the cool things about doing analytics is about one can check out other people's work as well. You can check their code. You can check how the dashboards are being built. So I actually learned a lot from like different Dune Wizards as well. One of the most major ones here to contribute to this dashboard is I also shout out in here actually reference to that code to help me to analyze like what is happening on chain as well. So I really want to shout out to the community and the existing wizards. You guys are really great. I learned a lot about you and I hope like someone can take something away from our dashboard as well. So back to what this dashboard is about. So this dashboard is actually tracking the NFC's activity on the four main major layer ones that Dune Analytics are able to track right now. So a little bit of background Dune Analytics currently only support Solana, uh, Avalanche, BNB Chain, Polygon, Optimism, Trump, and Gnosis Chain, I think. So basically we have a limitation of the chains that we're tracking, but then like with what we got, we are tracking the four major layer ones that are available on Dune, which is Ethereum, Solana, and Avalanche and BNB chain. So as you guys may also notice that Ethereum is currently still the biggest NFT playground for the traders, right? So in the 24 hour volume is still leading in the NFT volume compared to Solana's by quite a lot of multiples. And the average trade size is still leading uh, Solana's NFTs as well, because we are seeing a lot of like lower priced NFTs are available on Solana. Whereas Ethereum's NFTs are usually uh, more expensive. We can also see the data here. And we also can see like the momentum of the NFTs activities by different chains. For example, one of the recent findings we are able to identify through this dashboard is that September has been quite a grim week, grim for most of the like DeFi users or like token investors. However, like we are seeing the Ethereum volume actually dropped in September. Interestingly, Solana is actually having an increase in the monthly volume change. So you can see here, the actual volume has increased 86% month-to-month 
month over month from August to September, whereas Ethereum, you can see May, they actually have 5 billion in NFT volume. However, last month, they only got like 1 billion in volume. So it is actually a huge drop in terms of volume. However, Solana is still showing a strong growth in terms of NFT volume and, and the user activities as well. Like one of the side note here, I want to also mention to the listeners is that a potential reasons that's why the USD volume here has dropped a lot is because most of the trades on like different ecosystem is based on the native currency, right? So when we see the USD denominated volume drop a lot, parts of the reason could be contributed to the native currency that used to be a medium of exchange also drop a lot in value. So in this case, it's ETH. So back in May, I think it's around 2K or around 3K, but like right now it's around 1,200 right now. So it's a huge drop in the price of ETH. So as so like eventually it will also affect the USD denominated volume Ethereum here. And another interesting findings we are able to identify is the number of transaction of Solana in NFT transaction actually flip Ethereum for the whole September on 7th of September, actually Solana has a huge NFT activities there. Whereas the number of trades on Ethereum is rather stagnant, which is hovering around like six, 60K to 80K. However, on Solana is hovering around 100K to 200K. So we can see that a lot of activities are happening on Solana rather than Ethereum in the last month. So it's a really good sign for Solana actually. And we are also here to see the activities or the market dominance of different marketplaces, right? So last month, like in August, actually, there are a really interesting NFT marketplaces has risen up, which is called PseudoSwap. So a little bit of background for the listener here, like why is PseudoSwap gaining a lot of transactions? Uh, attraction, sorry. So it's because PseudoSwap is using a new mechanism compared to the existing NFT marketplaces. So the existing marketplaces normally is through like bidding and like a buy now option so that it offer like all the NFT traders to buy directly on the NFT marketplaces. However, one of the issue that all of the NFT traders are experiencing is the illiquid nature of NFTs. However, PseudoSwap is actually trying to acknowledge or trying to solve this issue by changing the mechanism into an AMM model, which is similar to what is the mechanism using in the decentralized exchange, which is a, the full name is automated market maker. So whereas this, the process really similar, like when you interact with a decentralized exchange, you deposit an NFTs into a pool and you also deposit some of the tokens for exchange, for example, in this case will be ETH into a pool so that like people can trade against the liquidity pool. And one of the cool thing that attract a lot of trader activities because it provides a much cheaper trading price in terms of the swap fee and they also waive the royalties fees so that if you want to buy a bot 8 yash club you don't need to pay for the i think it's three percent or 2.5 percent royalties fees there so to traders definitely a plus sign here because your buying cost is lower if you trade on pseudo swap and you can see here Solana's NFT marketplace is actually 
from the very beginning is, uh, is dominated by Magic Eden because as you may also notice that Magic Eden provides a, a lower charge in the platform fees, whereas OpenSea charge uh, a little bit higher than Magic Eden's. This could be one of the reasons that even OpenSea has expanded to Solana. However, they didn't get a lot of traction because Magic Eden still priced lower in terms of platform fees than OpenSea. And another interesting thing we are seeing here, like you can see XUY2 is actually gaining a lot of volume in the market dominance. However, when we look into the user, how many unique users are interacting with your platform, OpenSea is still leading the charts here. Like even though XUY2 is leading in volume, OpenSea is still the place that traders go to this platform most, right? So this is an interesting data that we can also notice here. And finally, we also provide analysis on Avalanche and BNB chain as well. However, the volume is still like early stage here. We didn't see a lot of volume and a lot of activities here. So we will keep tracking the activities and the volume here in case that in the future, the bull market is back. Hopefully the activities will bump up in another level in the future. But one point to note here is uh, the Avalanche volume we're tracking here only contains Avalanche C-Chain. We didn't include Avalanche Subnet, which is uh, Swimmer Network, BFK Chain, and so on and so forth. And that could be one of the reasons why the 24-hour volume is relatively low like in here, because a lot of the activities are actually shipped off to the subnets. So this is one thing I want to mention here. I have a quick question about Binance, right? Because I think you yep. and I talked about this before, like out here in Asia, I feel like Binance is like, we don't really use Coinbase. Coinbase has poor offerings in Asia. For Binance, when it comes to NFTs, does Dune pull data from the centralized exchange Binance where all that NFT stuff is happening or just off PancakeSwap and other sort of Binance places for NFTs? Like my approach is actually, I can actually share my, how do I cope this? So. I actually track these exchanges here. So how do I get this contract address like from different exchanges, right? Oh, I go okay. to that radar and then I track what existing NFT marketplaces are in BNB chain. And then they also provide the contract address for each exchange. So my approach is I track how much money are interacting with these contract address to get the volume every day. And also how many like unique address are interacting with these contract address to get the unique number of users every day. So this is my approach to get the estimated volume every day for in the BNB chain. Cool. Yeah, I know. Cause I was looking at some data, like one of the days I was doing like a podcast and it was like, they said like OpenSea number one, and then number two was like Binance. And I guess because they included the Binance centralized exchange data, because like when I first heard about nfts i'm like oh cool binance and every time i try to go and buy a freaking binance nft it launches and within 15 seconds all that stuff is sold out like the football yeah. nfts and all that sort of stuff yeah and i'm like come on this is unfair but and it makes sense because i'm like looking at it right there yeah there's it would be hard to track centralized nft trading on the actual yep. app right. yep exactly yeah Okay, so that's cool. And this is really interesting. There's more questions I want to ask, but I don't want to take up too much of your time today. Wait, one more question about this. Yeah. OpenSea has been in the lead for a long time, right? Yeah. 
and Magic Eden is coming up and you guys should follow Tom because he tweets about this NFT stuff a few times already. And Avalanche at one point as well. I remember we talked about Krabada on Twitter. Like, how do you see these other NFT places sort of, you know, evolving in the future? Is OpenSea always going to be number one? Like we had Looks Rare and Looks Rare was like the latest hot stuff, I think earlier this year or late last year, and then they fell away. Is Pseudoswap going to be this? Is Magic Eden ever going to be on par with OpenSea? How do you see things shaking out in the next like 6 to 12 months, in your opinion, of course? Yep. I think Pseudoswap is definitely a really sexy new protocol for users to interact with because they have a new innovative mechanism and it provides a lower cost for traders. So it sounds sexy, but then what we actually see in the on-chain data is that recently after a lot of users are interacting with the protocol, trying to potentially get an airdrop, right? After they announced the airdrop token allocation, a lot of the users didn't actually are eligible for the airdrops. Most of the airdrops are actually allocated to the team and the project. And therefore a lot of the users actually left the pseudo swap. So we actually saw a huge drop in terms of the unique users interacting with pseudo swap every day. So this is one thing. I am able to identify recently. So I think in the long run, pseudoswap, it really depends on how they further develop in the future. But then right now, it doesn't look good for the pseudoswap. Another development I want to share is really targeting about like NFT marketplaces like pseudoswap. So recently, Magic Eden partnered with a protocol called MetaShield, right? So what does this MetaShield do is because earlier I mentioned, if you trade on pseudoswap, you don't need to pay for royalties fees. However, this just doesn't sound really good to the creators of the NFTs, right? So what Magic Eden is trying to do here is trying to stifle the, the traders if they want to trade on Pseudoswap. What MetaShield is doing is if that NFT is being traded on a platform like Pseudoswap, which the creators doesn't get a royalty fees, will shield the NFTs that image. So that like after you paid an NFTs on Pseudoswap, for example, you won't be able to see the image. Wow. Yeah, this is a really interesting development because in my opinion, like NFT in the first place is actually allocating more value to the creators, right? We didn't acknowledge them enough in terms of value, in terms of the licensing, right? And NFT is a really good thing to give back the creators like an optimal amount of value and monetary return. If we didn't provide them with the royalties, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound what we are hoping to achieve in the very first place. But then like Matter Shield, this approach, a little bit skeptical to be honest, because it doesn't sound really good to the user, right? At, at the end of the day, like users are the one like who are trading NFTs. So this is a little bit controversial right now, I, I believe. That's nice. Too Interesting pieces of information that you've shared. It's, it's really got my mind. I had seen MetaShield and now I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Tom, let's move on to your third dashboard. The third dashboard we're tracking and the fourth dashboard as well, we're tracking a lot on the stable coin side because stable coin is also really a hot topic, not only because previously one of the largest algorithmic stable coin has collapsed, but also in general, stablecoin is a medium of exchange for most of the decentralized exchanges and decentralized exchanges, right? Few events that we can actually observe using this dashboard. So the first one 
is actually collapse of Terra. We can see that USTC is the UST right here. So previously, the market dominance of USTC before it collapsed actually rise into to it's not actually that much, but then it's 0.4%. But then right now, it's actually still 0.4%. But then what we are able to see here, like previously, is a little bit higher, like 0.9%. But after it's collapsed, it's just dropped to 0.4%. But what we are able to also identify here is the market dominance of each stable coin on the Ethereum blockchain. For example, recently, Binance actually announced that there will be auto-conversing uh, USDC, TUSD, and USDP on the Binance Central Exchange. And what we are able to spot here is Binance BUSD actually has grown tremendously and eaten up a lot of the market share of USDC. So previously, the market share earlier in July is around 16.7%, and right now it's already rising to nearly like 20%. So it is a huge rise. And the circulating supply also rising from like uh, 17 billion to uh, 21 billion recently. So it's a huge rise. And another reason that I think, Rian, you also mentioned is the blacklisting address from Circle. So after the tornado cash ban, Circle actually proactively blacklisted the addresses that interacted with the tornado cash and even USDT didn't really do that. They claim that we will only blacklist the address whenever the regulators ask us to do so. So this is one of the different approach here. And we believe that this is one of the reasons that it causes a lot of unwinding or redemption of USDC. So previously, before Circle blacklisting those addresses, USDC actually have a market cap of around like 45 billion on Ethereum. And right now it's just dropped to around 39 billion, I believe. Wow. around 40 billion so it's a huge drop however one thing that i also want to mention even though the market cap of usdc has, has dropped a lot these user dominance and the transaction amount dominance didn't really change so lots of the i think transaction amount is still dominated by usdc in terms of the on-chain transaction you can see here nothing much has changed in terms of the market dominance. Also for the user dominance, like previously we we're also seeing USDT has been dominating the number of users on Ethereum. However, like even after the tornado cash ban, it didn't really affect the number of users using USDC. So this is something really interesting. We can spot on this stable coin pack on a dashboard and quickly move to the next dashboard. I'm jumping like two dashboard around. Like what we are able to identify in this stablecoin curve pool tracker is we track the decentralized exchange activities of different stablecoins. And what we are able to identify here is actually the uh, RAP Bitcoin and RAP Ethereum volume dominance for USDC didn't change much as well. Meaning that like users who use USDC to trade for RAP Bitcoin and RAP Ethereum are still using USDC. So the tornado cash ban didn't really affect the decentralized exchange volume in terms of the USDC dominance here. So we are also seeing like the volume dominance on Uniswap is still dominated by USDC. So like my conclusion, what I want to point out here is that even though USDC has decreased in market cap by a lot, 
the on-chain activities, what traders are using to trade are still USDC, nothing has changed. So this is some of the findings like we are able to identify recently. And other things that this tracker is able to do is to track the price, historical price. So previously, some interesting thing here is SDT, we can track and we can compare the price of different stable coins. We can track the monthly change in the market circulating supply of each stable coin. We are also able to track the transaction amount, how many transactions are being used in different stable coins. And our categorization we use here is we divided up the stable coin into three main types. The first one is fiat collateralized stable coin, which is mainly USDT, USDC, GSD, BUSD, USDP, and TUSD. And the second category that we are tracking is the over collateralized by crypto stable coins, such as DAI, MIM, and SUSD. So you can also see here one of the really interesting like statistical tracker here, we're using standard deviation. So standard deviation is one of the statistical metric used to track the volatility of the price. So you can see here if the price of a stable coin is really volatile, which means that stable coin is not that stable, right? It's not a good thing for stable coins. So for USDC and USDT, meaning like they are one of the uh, best stable coin, not best, but like mostly adopted stable coin in the crypto space, right? Like they tend to have lower standard deviation compared to like other stable coins you can see here. And then we are also seeing DAI is also having a really a relatively low standard deviation compared to MIM and SD. And the next uh, category of stablecoin we're seeing here is the algorithmic stablecoin. And one important thing here is you can see standard deviation is actually really high for UST here because basically first of the reasons because they have the pack and they are really volatile. So the higher the standard deviation, the more volatile that stablecoin is, which is not good because stablecoin aren't supposed to be volatile. And one of the key thing here is USDN still the peg, like currently they're still trading under the, the $1 mark. So this is one important thing we can also use to track the actual uh, real-time price of different stablecoins. And one interesting thing is Frax being a fractionalized algorithmic stablecoin is actually performing quite in terms of their stability, right? So this is what the stablecoin pack tracker can do. And the next dashboard is the stablecoin curve pool tracker. Not only can it track the decentralized exchange's volume, right? So previously we have seen like when there are a, an immense sell-off of a stablecoin, which happens in May, we are seeing a lot of traders actually selling a lot of UST and dump it on the curve pool. So we believe that curve finance is the forefront to track the stability of the stable coin. So previously, we also provide some flexibility. For example, if we put six months, we can customize with timeframe that you want to track here. And so let's go to UST as an example here. So you can see here, the liquidity has dropped tremendously by a lot. And one of the metrics that we use to track the stability or the demand of stablecoin is the USTC percentage here. So what does it mean by USTC percentage, right? So in a curve pool, for example, USTC and free pool liquidity here. So USTC should get 
of the liquidity in the pool and 50% will be the free pool. The free pool here meaning that DAI, USDT and USDC. Free pool here, it, it will be comprised of these three stable coins. So by default, it should be like 50-50. However, if we are seeing the USDC percentage rising up a lot, meaning that there are a lot of selling pressure of this stable coin, meaning that traders are willing to get more like uh, a free pool, which is the USDT, USDC, and DAI stable coin instead of USDTC. So this is one of the alerts that we are able to get with this dashboard. So in the future, if you want to be able to identify a depacking event ahead of others, definitely you can use our dashboard here to track which stable coin is having a spike in the stable coin pool percentage here. So this is really helpful, especially this is one of the use case. Oh, this is one of the case study you can see here. Like after the immense sell off with USTC, actually USTC depacked from the $1 mark quickly afterwards. So this is what we can use of this dashboard here. Cool. That is a lot of information and some very interesting yeah. information. Some quick questions, Tom, is like you said, we can use that dashboard, like the three pool dashboard to keep an eye on depacking event. Does it mean as a typical user, am I refreshing all the time to see, or does this dashboard update automatically as it's displayed on my browser? Yep. It should be updated automatically, but if you want like real time, you can also click it here and then you can run the code yourself. Oh, nice. If you want to verify if my code has any error, or if you want to like do further, like different analysis, you can also fork it and then add some more code like on your own script. So this is a really cool stuff here. So if you want to run it like in real time, like you can see the last run is two hours, right? So if you want a real time analysis, you can just run it by yourself. And then after one or two minutes, you will be able to get the results. Very cool. For someone who's new to June, or maybe they're familiar with SQL programming and they're like, oh, cool. I just watched Tom on this podcast episode. I want to try this out. Like in sometimes, like in these environments, do you have to pay anything to be able to run this code all the time on June? Is this free? Is there like a developer account or something like that? Yeah. So this is a really good news for everyone listening, right? So Dune is absolutely free for everyone to use. So I really like this idea, like how Dune is free, because I believe that LNP analysis shouldn't be like limited to people or limited to like companies who have the ability to pay the platforms, right? Everyone should have the access to analyze on-chain data because this is essentially really important for investors to understand what is happening on the blockchain in real time. So Dune is really an amazing platform. And not only is it really helpful, but it is also free. Nice. Free, nothing is better than free. Some last question for today before I let you go. It's almost like a evening hour time. What do you want people to take away from these dashboards? You've spent a lot of time, a lot of work. You've introduced a bunch. Like if you've seen these dashboards and now you understand them already, I will include Tom's Twitter again in the show notes for today. But what's the high level takeaway? What do you want people to understand about these dashboards from this episode? Yeah. What we want to highlight in this episode is not just about sharing specific like on-chain topics here, but we also in want to introduce the importance of forensic research in the crypto space. This is just some of the examples that we have been building, right? In the future, we'll be like 
analyze different topics and more in depth. And if you are able to access this platform, if you are willing to explore doing analytics, it would definitely be really helpful for everyone's daily investment like or analysis to understand more in the crypto space as well. So this is what to bring to you guys, like the importance of on-chain analysis and forensic research. And Dune is one of the example of a really cool platform that provides you with on-chain analysis capabilities. Very cool. And Tom, thank you very much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Tom saved me this week by jumping on today's podcast. I'm really appreciate. And this is a fantastic topic. Like these dashboards are awesome. I am working on a dashboard myself for Ethereum Classic because it's a long story and not for today, <laughs> but yes. So please follow Tom on Twitter. He deserves it. Follow him on LinkedIn. If you're on LinkedIn as well, Tom posts some stuff on LinkedIn. So those two places, follow 21 shares, follow 21 co, follow Amun as well, and check out these dashboards. Go there, play around with them. That's the beauty of them. Code is really easy. Just because I'm wearing glasses doesn't mean it, it like it is easy. You just copy paste. You can change some stuff, play around with it. And it's, it sounds weird. It is fun. And not just because I have gray hair and I'm older than I think it's fun. It is interesting and another way for you to learn something new. And as, like I said at the beginning of the show, if you have questions, you can tweet at Tom, right? Twitter.com slash Tom1, T-O-M-W-A-N, right? Yep. 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 Exactly. There good. I knew I remembered it perfectly. Yes. Tweet at him. If you're too shy, you can ask me. I can ask Tom. And hopefully next time we have Tom on, we're going to do a lovely multi-camera show with just Tom and his Dune dashboards and whatever else he wants to talk about. And it'll look much better. But yep, Tom, thank you again. And we will hopefully talk to you again in another few months for another episode. Thank you. Thank you for having me. See you guys. See you guys. That's all we have time for today, folks. I and everyone at Amun really appreciate you stopping by. Please don't forget to follow us on social media, Twitter at Amun, A-M-U-N, Telegram at Amun Tokens, or stop by our Discord and join in the conversation. If you are Chinese speaking, we now have a Telegram group just for you, Amun Tokens CN. We are also on Reddit at r slash Amun Tokens. Amun also puts out a monthly newsletter with the latest insights on the crypto market. You can sign up for that wonderful piece of writing on the bottom of our homepage. If you're looking for a place to call home, there's nothing better than the Amun community. Looking forward to chatting with you and see you guys next time.